Now, here's, here's where it gets great. Oh, no. 97. They took a year off to come up with a better story. <laughs> Leprechaun 4, in space. <laughs> uh, he basically kidnaps an alien princess. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare-traveling, craft-beer-drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Happy St. Patrick's Day, and welcome to another edition of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. And I'm Brian. On the controls, as usual, Mr. Dolan. Hello. Turning the knobs on the black box. That's right. Whatever the things that... He's got a phaser over there today, I think, even. It's my pot of gold. Looks like looks more like a tricorder, if you were a Star Trek fan. A little tricorder-looking thing. I'll I'll take your word for it. No? Okay. All right. (laughs) Got to mix in a little nerd every single time. Right. Right. Okay, so special St. Patrick's Day edition. Last year, we went through just some basic St. Patrick's Day beers and had had a lot of fun with it. This year, Brian brought a couple, and I think you'll be surprised at one of them. I certainly was. Yeah, I think we'll see. I'm I'm not sure what to think yet. Let's start with the first one. Um, Our friends just down the road in Kansas City Boulevard does a Irish red, a traditional Irish red ale. That is true. That... One of their, it's one of their first seasonals that they ever made. Is it's it? It's been around for a long time. Untap says I drank it once, and I don't recall, but we'll mm, see. Sounds about right. Mm. It was St. Patrick's Day. So we'll, uh, we'll open the boulevard first, we'll, and then we'll... Uh, then we'll drink it. And then we'll drink it. Yeah. Forgot the steps for a second. Like, <laughs> telegraphing the whole thing. Huh. Well, and, it is audio And then we'll recording. talk about it. Yeah. And then we'll talk about another beer. Right. That's how we're going to do this today. And then we'll make fun of Dolan a little bit. Oh, and then, yeah. And maybe. then we'll be done. Always. Yeah, Can't forget sure. about the slurp. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, we got to go through the steps, right? So, yeah. So Boulevard Brewing Company, located at 2501 Southwest Boulevard. Is that got their they, own street. They got Boulevard. their own street. Uh, in Kansas City, Missouri, not to be confused with Kansas City, Kansas. That's, yeah. You know, some people make that mistake. Some people have made that mistake before, I guess. Um uh, Beer Hall is open Monday through Wednesday, 11 to 8, Thursday, 11 to 9, Friday and Saturday, 10 to 9, and Sunday, 10 to 6. Uh, brewery tours available Monday through Thursday, 11 to 4, and Friday through Sunday, 10 to 4. I would highly recommend, if you're in Kansas City, not only going to the Beer Hall, which is a lot of fun, yeah, but doing the beer tour as well. Okay. You've done this, yes? No. You've never done the beer tour? No. What? Uh, I think you're... It's too big. For, that place was too big. I did go to the... the uh, it had like a... Before they had the beer hall, they had like a tiny little tap room. Okay. But you couldn't drink beer there. You can only buy merchandise and then like sign up for the tour, but the tour is already sold out. So I was like, oh, I came all this way for nothing. So I bought a t-shirt. That's weird. Yeah. They kind of kind of burned my cross. So I've never mm. been back. It's not that now. It okay. is, it's yeah. huge. Yeah. It's and awesome. Figured. And they got a lot of good food choices there too. Yeah, that sounds good. I'd say if you're if you're down around Kansas City on the Missouri side, check it out. I, I would I'd go again. All right, this is looking pretty coppery, very multi smelling. See, we'll see what Dolan has to think about this. Multi tasting. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's an Irish red. That's yeah, for sure. It's definitely an Irish red, but I mean, it, it's good. Maybe more bitterness than you would generally get through an Irish red? I don't know. Maybe. Um, it depends. We're going to kind of get into it a little bit. But I would say... The more it sits, maybe. It, it's maybe. kind of like the cousin of an Oktoberfest because it's got that malt, mm. a lot of malt, more mm. malt than a normal yep. you know, ale or lager that you're drinking. Um, the color is coppery and brownish. Um you can't really see it. Th- I mean, you can kind of see through it. Oh, it's very coppery, that's for sure. Get the light through there. A lot of bubbles. Like a dirty penny. Is it yeah, buttery? <laughs> buttery? Maybe. Is it buttery? Guess what, Dolan? You're on to something. Ooh. Am I? You are on to something. Look at you with the flavor profiles. Your palate is just exponentially <laughs> blowing up. I love it. Hmm. So I got a, I did a little research for us just because last year we talked about, it was more stouts. 
mm-hmm. and it was more like macro Guinness, you know, 400 years around. And, and these are like, oh, this beer is 30 years old, which right. is old for the United States. Yeah. So basically, I wanted to go between the difference between what is an Irish red slash American red, the difference between those, and then okay. like even an amber. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what the research is we're going to do. So basically, an Irish red is going to be less hoppy and bitter than an American style. Because America loves mm. hops and bitterness, right? Sure. And most Irish reds that we would get, if you were in Europe, let's say, are going to be less hoppy, less bitter. Probably going to be a lot older recipe, and that's the reason it's just kind of stayed there. Okay. Um, American reds, they do make them. I think, um, I'm trying to think of who's got one in town. Upstream? Do they Upstream have one? might have American red. Their firehouse red or... Yeah, something the red brick or something like oh, that. Oh, I've had this, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that one, American styles are going to be hoppier, and, and you're going to find that that's true for the most part. Um, but they're going to have the same flavor profile for the most part as well, which is like uh, malty, um, bready, like what Dolan said, um, a little bit of buttery flavor to it. Good job. So one of the things you're supposed to get, you will get hints of toast. So, like, warmed bread. Mm. Like, not burnt, mm-hmm. but, you know, like, cooked. Mm. Um, you will get some caramel flavor, some buttery toffee, they say. Mm. Okay. And a little bit of malty sweetness. So, it'll be a little bit sweeter than some things, but not to the point where you're like, oh, my gosh, this is like drinking candy, you know? Mm. Just sweeter than maybe a Budweiser or something like that. Mm. Okay. Some um, varieties that you will find, like, if you're anywhere around um, St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this one with Smittix. Yes. That's a red. Smelled, spelled Smithwicks. Yes. Right. Called Smith. Yes. Don't call it that if you're yeah. in an Irish bar. You yeah, might get you punched might, in the nose. You might, you might not get that beer. Mm-hmm. Um, Goose Island has one, which I don't know if I've had or not. Kill Gubbin? Kill Gubbin? K-I-L-G-U-B-B-I-N red. Never had that. And Sam Adams has an Irish red as well. I wrote down a couple others here. McSorley's. I've had McSorley's before. Okay. Um, and Kilkenny. Kilkenny, yeah. I had this one, too. My, That's a town in Ireland, I know. My roommate in college, Brian Schmidt, loved Kilkenny. And hmm. Smittix, too. Those were yeah. two of his favorites. Those are like, I mean, they're not craft, but they're early beers that were different than like Bud Light, Budweiser, that were around yep. and you could get them. You mean they had flavor? So the other, I guess, the flip side of this thing is like, you'll see Ambers a lot. We've had a few mm-hmm. on the show. And it's going to be the same thing, um, but usually it's got more IBUs, so we're talking more bitterness. Mm-hmm. Um, the color is a little bit more reddish than the brown that we're seeing here. And it's going to be a little bit more malty. So it's just kind of like a, another step up hmm. is, is how you would, I would guess I would describe that. Okay. So Irish red, less hoppy, less malty. American red, definitely, because American red can be easily translated to a red IPA, which we have seen some of those. We have, yep. Uh, I don't think we've had one on the show, but no. you can get them. Mm-hmm. Like Deschutes makes one, I know. Yep. And then if you subtract all those things, then you've got the Irish version. And then if you go up another step, you've got Ambers. So so this one, 5.8% ABV with 30 IBUs. So there's some bitterness. Yeah, more this. than, I mean, more than a, a hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. But you don't get that, like, bitterness on your tongue Mm-mm. and that sort of thing. It, the bitterness almost ends. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's at the very end. Yeah, it's it's. I feel like it's the longer it sits. Like an aftertaste mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So hmm. interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I, I thought this was a fun little bit of information that I don't know if we covered last time we talked about Boulevard was when they originally opened in the fall of 89, they bought a closed, they brought all the equipment from a closed brewery in Bavaria. Hmm. So everything that they started with yeah. was like legit old school beer brewing yeah, cool. equipment. That's cool. I wonder if they're still using some of it because that'd be awesome. It's probably, it could be like, a pilot system huh. yeah. for them, you know, or maybe in that test batch that they have, mm-hmm. because there's no way it's going to keep up with what they're doing now, obviously. So if you go up the stairs, so when you come into the into Boulevard, there's a whole like lower level, which is like sign up for brewery tours, and here's the merchandise mm-hmm. and stuff, and then you go up a big flight of stairs, and that's the beer hall. If you turn right immediately at the stairs, there's a small, like little maybe three-seat bar. Mm-hmm. 
and there's a bunch of stuff up on like written on the uh, on the chalkboard. Yeah, and it's all their test stuff. Uh-huh. So if you want to try stuff ahead of time, they're more than happy to yeah t- and to talk to you about it. Make sure you bring your wallet for those. Oh yes, because a crawler of those test batch beers mm-hmm. sometimes they're like thirty bucks. Yep. And you can run a flight of those, though. I mean, you can... Yeah. But even the flight may cost you 8 12 bucks. Oh, at least. I guarantee you. We tried a... Uh, there was a triple IPA when we were there. This was for the Cubs-Royals game a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried a triple IPA that ABV was like 13, something like that. I mean, it was yeah. high for, yeah. a, for a triple. And, yeah. and that's about the range you'd probably expect. I, I had a... Uh, Girl, Girl Scout cookie stout from them last oh. summer that somebody brought back. Oh. And it was like um, the chocolate mint cookie, whatever that one's called. Thin mints? Yeah, it was like that. Hmm. It was great. Bleh. No, Dolan? Thin know. mints are a thumb down. He hates mints. He hmm. hates brushing his teeth or whatever. Mm. Tooth yeah. space failure. Yeah, it's no. terrible. Like, yep. No <laughs> mint for him. No, it's just mint and chocolate. It doesn't work. I don't, know if I, just, I don't know if I agree with that, but that's okay, right? I mean, that's uh, yeah, I mean, you can. that's fine, I guess. Leave it for us. We'll have those. I guess. Andy's mints. Mm. All right, so, oh, I love when you go to the Olive Garden and they bring you a whole pile of them at the end. And then the you reach best. over the, 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 the podium when they're not there and you uh-huh. grab another one. And you one grab one. a whole bunch yeah. more. Mm, that's a good idea. Don't get caught doing that. Mm, no. Well, don't no. Get caught. Okay. <laughs> uh, TripAdvisor. I thought this was awesome. Um Four point five out of five on six hundred and forty-two reviews. That seems to be pretty um, um, reflective of what it really is like. People dig going there. Yeah, I feel like maybe you must have just looked at a like a like a blueprint or a drawing for you to just tell us how to get around to the thing you were just talking about. Oh no, I've been there. Oh okay, oh, I've been there, <laughs> and that's I instantly kind of gravitated, knowing that I was going to a baseball game later when I was going to have to drink just mainstream beers. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get something good in right. ahead of time. So Corey and I went instantly to the test. Yeah. Someone, and maybe it was Aaron that told us about the test area yeah. over there. So, cause you can get wheat and, and everything else, sure. the, you know, the regular, which is a very large bar. Oh yeah. Um, so large. In fact, you can't sit at the bar. There's a line where you like kind of have to form it's and like then you cafeteria walk cafeteria style cafeteria style <laughs> to, like, oh, to order your beers. One. That's kind of cool. Yeah. All right. So 21,000 check-ins on, on this one. What do you think we're at? This is on untapped. This is on untapped. Mm, that's yep. a lot of check-ins. Mm. Three point, uh, I'll say five, nine, three point three, two, three point five, five. Close. 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 Yeah. And I looked at the, I dug down a little bit deeper. I think this is fun. It's the same thing you would think. People that are drawing the test, the tasters of it would rate it lower. Uh The people that are buying it in a bottle rate it higher. Right. The intentional purchases, they are because they like it, obviously. Mm -hmm. The people that aren't sure, aren't sure, right? That, okay, I'll try this one and the sour and the wheat and the whatever. Okay, I will rank this a little bit lower. Sure. Maybe. That makes sense. But somebody that is seeking out a traditional red. Yeah. And they're at Boulevard. I wonder how long this is in the market. That like can't be that long. Maybe two months. Well, the enjoy by date is 7th of July, 2020. Yeah, it wouldn't be around that long. Mm-mm. No. Especially not in my house. No. Don't, don't keep anything around that mm. long. <laughs> mm. I guess it depends on what it is. You know, I'm a firm believer of dump it by the date. I don't. No? Really? I'm just kidding. I don't okay, know if no. ever makes it that long. No, no. no. <laughs> Drinking it all. I had ha- going for a second. I, I have noticed that um, some of the beers like you've gotten me into, some of the maybe darker stouts and stuff like that, uh-huh. that it's okay if they age. Yeah. They will have a drink by date, and that's in the 2022, 20, 23 uh-huh. yeah. range. Like it is a long window. Yeah, it's usually because it takes a lot longer to make those kinds of beers. So you get that on the on the back end as well. Mm. So you get the something yeah. sitting in a barrel for eighteen months. You know, you're going to be able to keep that longer than what you normally would. Mm-hmm. So that was that one. What do you think? I, I mean, I would drink it again. Honestly, here's the thing. I, I'm 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 sort of partial to Smitics this time of year. Yeah, it's it's kind of just become. In fact, I just bought a six pack two days ago, hmm. and I'm gonna need to go buy another one here pretty soon. I don't know if I even ever had it. It's just it's just standard and good. Yeah, I mean for this time of year with some corned beef and cabbage, it's just it's yeah. so good. It does sound good. Corned beef just, and cabbage. Uh, something about it just pairs I so love well. Corned beef and cabbage. Mm. Me too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yum. 
We could have done a whole episode of just corned beef and cabbage. Maybe we still can. No beers. Yeah, you're true. You're right. Squeeze it in. Yeah. Okay. Which do you want to do the surprise beer next, or do you want? No, let's keep going with the Irish. Okay. So we'll keep going with the Irish theme here. Uh, Brian brought, and I didn't do any research on this one whatsoever. And that's okay. I have a lot of research for us to go over. But this is Farrell's Irish Red. This is made uh, by Nebraska Brewing Company. And, of course, this is the year they didn't can it. Really? So, yeah. Um, they have canned it at least the last three or four years. And I went to grab some yesterday. And, of course, they didn't have any. Wow. That's an interesting choice. I wonder why. Mm, I don't know. I have some theories we can talk about maybe later. But mm, Okay. So, I grabbed a Boston Round. Is Some that people call them. Is that what that's called? That's the, yeah, that's one name for them. Um, I prefer the name Squealer. Mm, yep. I like that yeah, one. Yeah, we had that yeah. before. Yep. It I almost like Squealer. It almost looks medicinal. Like there should be some sort of like old, old-timey medicine. Oh, there it there. is. <laughs> Grandpa's cough medicine in here. So that's got a little maltier smell to me Whoa, already. A sweeter, maltier mm-hmm. smell. <clears throat> Uh-oh. I almost choked on that. <laughs> Just the scent. not drank it yet. No. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Oh, he, he gave the O face. Said, mm. I was not expecting that. Oh. Smoother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not as bitter. So we have a lot more of this one to drink, so that's, that's good. That's a good thing. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, Farrell's Irish Red from Nebraska Brewing Company. Um, it's got a, I, like a big red, I would say, Celtic cross on the okay. can. Um, and it's, uh, as far as standards go for seasonals, it's one of theirs. Like, it's they've been making it there probably since they've been open or pretty close to it. Mm-hmm. So I know always know it's there. So that's why I grabbed that one. And it's also, it's cra- like real craft, like. That was how I had to get it was on the tap today. So mm-hmm. um, let's see with what we're going to start with here. Okay. I want to make sure I have my research. So when I think of St. Patrick's Day, and I know Dolan's on the side with me, first thing I think of is leprechauns. Okay. Yep. Yeah. There's a famous leprechaun that we're going to get into, and his name's Lucky the Leprechaun. You know what he's from? From Lucky Charms? From Lucky Charms. Yes. So I did a little research about Lucky Charms today. So Good. we're going to get into that. 1964 is when the the tale of Lucky Charms begins. General Mills is the cereal company that makes it. And they said, hey, we want a new cereal. Kids cereal is is popping right now. Mm. There's a lot of cartoons. We need to, you know, make some commercials and make something for kids to eat. Mm -hmm. We want them to have some sugary cereal. They got to cut into the sugar snaps market a little bit. And the problem was there was really nothing like this before. So they said, okay, here's a team of people inside General Mills. We're going to give you six months to come up with the cereal. Here's the, th- here's the issue, though. You have to be able to use the ingredients we already have. Huh? You have to use the base of one of our two cereals that are our biggest ones, which was A, was Cheerios, okay. and B, Wheaties. So go figure it out. That's a, that's a terrible starting point, but okay. Maybe that gives them an idea, right? Because you're already you're hamstrung. So you have to use one of yeah. those ingredients. Yeah. So this guy named John Holahan decides, hey, I got to run to the grocery store after work today. Okay. 1964. It's a very Irish sounding name. Kind of is. Yeah. Maybe it works out good for us. Maybe. Well, he goes in and he's like, you know what? I got all these Cheerios at home. I'm just going to grab something from the store and throw it in there and see what happens. He buys these Brax Circus Peanuts. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The orange circus peanuts? Yeah. 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 And he chops them up and he throws them in there. And he's like, hmm, this is kind of not too bad. Hmm. Kind of might be onto something here. So they tweak it a little bit. They get the actual figure out maybe we should just make marshmallows instead of these circus peanuts because they were kind of, they didn't really do well in the milk. Mm. After a while, they didn't really get softer. So they did some tweaks and they come out with basically Cheerios with marshmallows that's basically the cereal and the first at company like their marketing company or whatever that they used was like maybe you guys should base it on this new hot thing in the culture which is charm bracelets so if you have a charm bracelet and you can get all these different things on it, it kind of shows what you're into or whatnot mm-hmm. so they're like hey good idea 
So they make like a diamond and they make like a heart and that's the shapes for the marshmallows. Mm -hmm. So that's why they're called lucky charms because uh, they're charms from a charm bracelet and it's the leprechaun's name is lucky. He's lucky. So that's from the ad agency that comes up with that idea. All right. So um, they already had somehow the, I guess they would call him mascot, I guess is the best term. Okay. He was already, had been created. He's just kind of sitting on the shelf. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do with this guy. Mm-hmm. And in 1963, he was drawn up. They called him Sir Charms initially when they put him on the box. Mm, and then they went with, this one was great, um, LC Leprechaun. Because oh. it's Lucky Charms, Lucky Leprechaun. Charms, Leprechaun, okay. Not so great either. Yeah. Um, finally get with just straight Lucky, and they slap him on the box. Okay. And he's on the box forever until 1975, so 11 years later, just in the northeast of the United States, they're like, you know what? He ain't cutting it. We need this Waldo the Wizard to show up. <laughs> Put him on the box. Pow! <laughs> And that didn't work either. That's Kids a, are like, no, where's a, our lucky leprechaun? We that's don't a want dumb idea. Some wizard yeah. took him off, got rid of him. Some super smart executive came up with that idea. Probably so. <laughs> didn't work out. Uh, the first about six months or so, they were like, we're not going to make it. We're going to have to cancel this run. No one is buying this. Everybody's complaining about it. it doesn't taste good. Somebody decides, you know what we should do? We should coat the wheat in sugar. Let's coat the cereal Ooh. with sugar and then add the marshmallows. Ooh. Voila. Kids like it now. Frosted Lucky Charms. Because it was just plain Cheerios, basically, before. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't so great. No. So you add the sugar to the good part of the cereal. Yep. The healthiest part. And uh, <laughs> kids love it. Imagine that. <laughs> so that's how it's stuck. And it's been basically the same recipe ever since. Now, they've done things like change up the marshmallows. They've changed up the box. They've changed up the different shapes of the cereal itself. They've done all sorts of things. 40 different versions is what I could find. Wow. Okay. The original ones were this. Pink hearts, yellow moons, orange stars, green clovers. That was the first batch in the 60s. Early 60s. Yeah. Now you're remembering probably like Blue Diamonds, Purple Horseshoes. You yes. remember that commercial? Oh, or, I do. Yeah, it's like yeah. in your brain. Uh-huh. You can't get it out. It's burned in there. So in 75, after the whole wizard fiasco, mm-hmm. they add Blue Diamonds in to like make amends with America. Sorry about that, wizard. Here's some Blue Diamonds. Here's some Blue Diamonds. Mm-hmm. 83 rolls around. My Little Pony is hit, and it's oh. hot. Well, guess what? Let's throw some Purple Horseshoes in there. Purple Horseshoes. And then in 89, Red Balloons. It's their 25th anniversary. Oh. So they so celebrate. They add the red balloons. I remember these commercials. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, standards on the commercial of the Saturday mornings. In 2005, they add, they make this thing, Chocolate Lucky Charms. I don't know if they still make it. I've never purchased it. I've never eaten it. I, I think I've seen those still in the store. There you go. Yeah. Maybe it's the same I box. If, I don't know if it's the actual brand or if it's a knockoff, but mm-hmm. I, I have seen the chocolate mm-hmm. marshmallows. So that, that was a thing. That was the only tweak that they made ever to the thing was 2005. Um, some of the other marshmallows that they've had has been shooting stars, key, ever- like keys, mm-hmm. unicorns. Dumb. They made 30, they've had 30 different limited edition marshmallows over time. Oh. And they kind of started like pumping them out pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1989, they made a Christmas box. And all of them were red and green marshmallows. It was like candy canes and Christmas trees and, you know, the standard things you would see. Sure. And in 1999, Rudolph pops on the box. So they got like some crossover Christmas appeal, mm. which I would be a fan of this, of mm-hmm. course. And all the marshmallows were related to Rudolph's story or whatever. Hmm. And then uh, in 2017, they had this big promotion. They made 10,000 boxes, all full of marshmallows. No cereal. It was just marshmallows. All marshmallows. And you had to buy a box, get the code, put it in on the internet, and maybe you'll win. Oh. 10,000 boxes. So you can buy those on eBay right now. Oh. The one of the boxes that's okay. full of marshmallows. And their 50th anniversary, which would have been, what, 2014? Uh-huh. They did a retro Lucky on the box, so like the old school leprechaun image, and then only marshmallow and it was green clovers. So like the box was green, all the marshmallows were green, 
green clovers. Mm. And uh, that was their big to-do, a 50th anniversary. Mm. I've had the all marshmallow and terrible. I, I think it would miss something. You would miss something. You want the cereal. You want, you want the extra sugar of yeah. the cereal. Yeah. yeah. Just to change the texture, probably. Yeah. 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 I mean, there was, I mean, I can remember it to this day. I haven't had Lucky Charms in a long time, but I can still taste that first bite of the marshmallow mm-hmm. when it's not totally soggy. Mm-hmm. There's like a little bit of give to it, and you're like, and then oh, it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. the, the box, the, the keys, you talked about the key mm-hmm. marshmallows. Yeah. That's my biggest Lucky Charm memory that must be that's yours see mine was the purple horseshoe yeah when that got added i was like oh snap i I remember the shooting stars though i do i I remember that commercial you that might have been that's probably around your college time were you Uh, eating lucky charms for college look i you're a cereal guy aren't you i would still eat cereal now oh yeah i do i my my stomach has a problem with milk yeah so i use Mm. i use different almond vodka right or vodka that works too (laughs) I, I would suggest this uh, Farrell's Irish Red. I think this would Pour that right too. in there. Sure. You know, I almost bought some Lucky Charms mm. to bring in today, but I didn't mm. know how the marshmallows would go. Oh, Probably we wouldn't. got some marshmallow cereal back there. You don't want to eat that. It's like a year old. Oh. That's gross. It expired in December, so we're mm. not that far off. It's probably fine. It should be fine, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So let me think. Was that it? Oh, here's one, here's one cool thing. This is a little bit of... Um, jargon you know how like when they tell you especially in sales Mm -hmm. like don't speak jargon people don't understand it Mm -hmm. speak out the whole thing well the jargon with this is marbits marshmallow bits they call it marbits marbits so they say there's you know 30 different marbits in their history or whatever but that's that's some slang for you you can drop that on somebody next time Hmm. only if they're like you think that there'd be more than 30 right i would think so too Mm -hmm. that's what i could find record of but this was also yeah. from a mental floss article from about five years ago. Marbits. Yeah. Marbits. Marbits. I guess if you're that cool and you're working the production line there at General mm-hmm. Mills or whatever. Is yeah. it still owned by General Mills? Uh-huh. You'd be like, yeah, hey, I'm going to replace the Marbits. Hey, Bobby. Hey. I get did those, read. Get those Marbits over Joey, there. Joey. <laughs> more Marbits. We're out of Marbits. <laughs> over here. Over here. Interesting. Why are they producing it in Jersey? I don't understand. Yeah, Jersey. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, I did read something where they had uh, an issue with the dye, um, the food coloring dye in one of the machines once, and it came out all streaky oh. in the boxes. And they're like, oh, that's terrible. Recall. And then like two years later, like, let's do this on purpose. Oh. And then they did that in, like, in the late 80s, early 90s. They mm-hmm. were like... Everything was striped and stuff. Right. It was like uh, like with the rainbow effect yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh. I remember that, too. Yeah. So that was something that was like a, a oopsies. And yeah. then they were like, oh, actually, great. It kind of worked. Make some money. Yeah. So um, where are you on the Lucky Charms versus like Frankenberry <sighs> Count Chocula? Mm. That's a tough one because it goes back to my childhood for me. Um, I look forward to the holidays when I can get Frankenberry and yeah. Booberry and Count Chocula regularly. Yeah. I mean, the closest really to Lucky Charms is Fruity Yummy Mummy, right? Because they had all the different flavors. Yeah. Yeah. I. Hmm. But that yeah. one wasn't very good. It, well, and it's not around anymore, is it? I think maybe once in a while at Target, you might be able to get it. Possibly, yes. And also there was... The Fruit Brute. Remember that one? Mm-mm. Late 70s, it was a werewolf. And it was before the Fruity Yummy Mummy. So it was Fruit Brute. And he had the fruit flavors in there. And he was, eh, they didn't bring him back. No. I think any, if you, if it's not Frankenberry, Booberry, or Count Chocula, you're a cheap knockoff. Wow. As far as I'm concerned. Did they still sell those? Only a Halloween at, mm-hmm. like, Target. Okay. Because yeah. I was going to say, I, I feel like I've seen it recently. Isn't Count Chocula full time? I don't think so. No, I don't think any of them are. Not be. I have some. I I have some Count Chocula right now at home that I bought like after Halloween. Yeah, when it was like on clearance, I Mm -hmm. scooped one up and I have a little bit left. The fun haters have killed the cereal aisle. Quite honestly, it used to be just a just a smorgasbord of of sugary awesomeness. Yep. That and now it's just not. Now it's, it's like special K. Wheat yeah. crisps yeah. and like <laughs> soy burgers and all sorts of weird Can't stuff. Can't say in there. sugar because that's bad. You used to be able to do rails of sugar in the eighties in the oh. grocery store line. Yes. Just right there. <laughs> right in the line. <laughs> what were the sticks when you put the sticks in oh, the, the fun dip. Fun mm, dip. Yep. 
They yep. handed those to you when you came in. Yeah. Here you exactly. go. Get after it. The 80s were... Don't, I'm sad you didn't experience the 80s. Oh, they were so great. Uh, oh, they were awesome. There was so much innovation, and it was most of it was unsafe. It was so oh, great. Oh, it was great. It's the best time to be alive. Yeah. And that's when craft breweries started, for the most part, in the United States. Right. So, let's... Uh, what do you think? Farrell's Irish Red here. I, I like this a lot. Uh, 5.6%, uh, 22 IBUs, so... Here's the thing. I, I almost maybe missed the bitterness a little bit at the end. I still like it. It's still mm-hmm. a good it's still a good Irish red. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. I maybe missed the bitterness of the boulevard at the right. end. But that didn't stop me from going for another pour. Right. Like, I'm gonna do like, it like too. You're doing right there. It's it's a lot sweeter. Mm-hmm. It's a lot sweeter. And I, I would agree, I kinda missed the aftertaste. The here's the and, and this is sometimes true but not always. The smell doesn't match the flavor true i smelled one thing i tasted something else sometimes that's on purpose and sometimes it's not usually you can like on a good hoppy hazy ipa Mm -hmm. you can smell the fruit the citrus you Mm -hmm. know what i mean right and this is one of those that they did the the rigmarole you a little bit the old switcheroo (laughs) yeah was it called the rick rolled you've been rick rolled that too maybe (laughs) so a a a low number of check-ins on untapped I would think so. Um, I, I thought it might be higher, though. Less than 1,000? No, 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 2,400. Okay. Just over 2,400. Where do you think we're at on this one? Uh, 3.48. 3.5. 3.59. Ooh. There you go. So About higher than the boulevard. Higher than the boulevard, but on considerably but less, less check-ins. Yeah, true. I think on an, on mm. you know if you extended this timeline out, mm-hmm. boulevard would probably probably be ranked higher. Maybe yeah. I don't know. I think if you have never had one of these before, mm-hmm. or you're not a craft beer drinker, this is probably the one you want because mm-hmm. it doesn't have that hop bitterness at the right. end. And it's not it's it's noticeable in the boulevard, but it's not like overwhelming. Yeah. You know, but it's something that we're all missing. Right. From this one. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think if I were given the choice of the two, I would I would go with the Boulevard just yeah. because of that. It's almost like you're drinking this and you're like two-thirds, it's almost like two-thirds of what this was. You're waiting for that final yeah. finishing right. hit yep. and you don't get it, you yep. know, but you're still drinking it and you're like, okay, where's that bitterness punch? That's it's what, still really good though. Right. Yeah. I think that you're right. I think I would I would give that one to a friend that's not you know, really into craft beer uh-huh. um, before I would give the Boulevard. True. Sure. I would yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about these, and I don't know if it's the color, these always make me feel more full. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I can drink IPAs all day long, but mm. as soon as I start getting to these malty beers, I'm just like, oh, I'm so full of beer, mm. even though it's the same amount. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The brain is crazy. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Well, I've got two, I have one more batch of, uh, research to go over and i know you've got some mm-hmm. so we can do let's do two things okay i will start with the this one mm-hmm. i'll talk about that and then i'll finish up with my other saint patrick's day stuff but okay. um i was in the market looking for irish reds right and there's not that many of them like i found one basically wow. and that was that one that I could buy at Hy-Vee at the grocery store from a craft standpoint even the yes. sam adams wasn't around it wasn't there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there. So I start looking around. I'm like, well, Amber's pretty close. Very, very close in styles. Um, so I looked for a couple Ambers, and I found one. And then I found this one, and I was like, oh, my goodness. First of all, the can art was really cool. The can art is great. And it felt neat. Like, it has, like, a raised up texture to the can itself. Mm-hmm. But that skull with the hop on it, I was like, that's a tattoo right there. And that is pretty that's cool. That's pretty cool. And, they're, and they had that. they have a shirt of that that looked pretty sweet. And then when I read the label a little closer, I was like, oh, I'm definitely getting this because it's yeah. a hard left turn for our St. Patrick's Day. Because usually, you know, maybe people your age, Dolan, are a little younger. They're all about the green beer mm-hmm. and just getting lit, just getting yep. after it. Just yep. Schmammered. You are. Responsibly, of course. Of course. Probably losing all of that corned beef and cabbage mm-hmm. yeah. the next day or, or later that, that night. Later that yeah. night. Yeah. So when I saw this one was an N.A., Non-alcoholic. Yeah, I noticed like that from Fo Show. We're gonna get that one. A non-alcoholic amber. Yeah. Never had a non-alcoholic beer before. I didn't even know this I have. existed. I didn't know that there was a brewery specifically making these. Right. 
And then when you sent me the website, I read through their stuff and it, it made sense it to me. It makes so much sense. I have done before specifically and definitely not for religious reasons, but I've given up beer for Lent as a personal challenge to myself. Sure. Mm-hmm. And as usually, because it comes at the end of Mardi Gras, right? Oh, yeah. So today, mm. as we're recording, it's Fat Tuesday. Correct. That's the that's the rip-roaringest day at Mardi Gras. Well, mm-hmm. guess what, fellas? I used to go to Mardi Gras every mm. year. And by the end of Mardi Gras, I needed to take a break. Mm. The old body was saying, hey, knock it off. <laughs> Your check liver light came on? Uh, oh, yeah. Mm. I put a piece of tape over it so I couldn't see it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I turned up the radio so I couldn't hear any squeaky sounds. So it, it's interesting that you bring in um, NA craft beer <clears throat> because mm-hmm. I've actually been seeing, and Omaha just recently got one, um, but I've been, I've been seeing um, NA lounges popping up everywhere where they have non-alcoholic beers and cocktails. Mocktails. Oh, mocktails, oh, wow. yes, mocktails. Um, so I wonder if that's kind of uh, spreading or if it's like a trendy thing. Cause I have been reading some, re- not necessarily research, but just trends. And they're saying, A, that like millennials don't like to go out as much. Yeah. And they're also drinking less. So... That makes sense to me. But if mm. they are getting get together, mm-hmm. they want to have that social stuff, but they don't want to get the effects of alcohol. Mm-hmm. That that's a way to go. So I, I and also that's another reason I think why seltzers are trending mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. ciders are really popping right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just they wanted something different, uh, lighter in alcohol than what you know, Jack and Cokes or mm-hmm. stouts or whatever you know. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense to me. I have a buddy who only drinks session ales because of that. <laughs> For the low ABV. For the low ABV. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, when I read the head brew, like the owner of this company's little story, I was mm-hmm. like, that makes sense because I've been there. I have, because I give up beer a lot of times during this time of year, I've been to the music venue and I'm like, oh God, what am I going to do here? Mm-hmm. Just stand here with nothing? That doesn't feel right. Right. So I've had in my day, um, one of the... More prominent ones you can find. Guinness makes one that's called Caliber. Oh. That is a NA stout, and it's a little bit sweeter than their normal Guinness. It's less dry. Mm-hmm. Definitely doable. Interesting. You can drink those. Hmm. And, the, and some, like the Zoo Bar in Lincoln has that one. That's where I've had it many hmm. times. So we're going to drink this one today. Well-being is the name. And uh, yeah, it's NA, and it's called Hellraiser Dark Amber. Hmm. Yep. Props to this guy, man, because he realized, and I wrote this, his name's Jeff Stevens, uh, professed non-alcoholic. Yes. So he's... he's, he's he, he used to drink alcohol. Yep. Now he does not. This quote on his website, like, this is how he starts. It says, years ago, I quit drinking alcohol. It was pretty obvious at that moment of clarity that Booze and I were never going to have a successful relationship. Yeah. I get it. I super get it. Yes. And it makes sense to me. It makes so much sense. And also, you don't want to be left out of the social stuff. Yep. Because that's really what craft is. Huge is the scene of mm-hmm. it. And it's like the camaraderie and the going to find different things and different releases. And yep. it's, it's, you're not by yourself usually drinking craft beer for the most part, I would say. So this is on the bottle, brewed and bottled for well-being brewing by, by O'Fallon Brewery. Yeah, we're going to get into that uh-huh. a little bit too. Okay, interesting. I'd, I'd like to know more about mm-hmm. that. So O'Fallon Brewing Company is located at 45 Progress Parkway in Maryland Heights, Missouri. So just outside of St. Louis. Uh-huh. Um, I've drank my share of O'Fallon in St. Louis over the years of yeah. visiting there for doing meet and greets for travel nurses or going there for Cubs games when... As much as I don't like the stinky Cardinals, yeah. their Bush Stadium is beautiful. Yeah, they and have pretty knowledgeable fans. Oh too. my gosh, that ballpark down there is—it's just everything around there is fantastic. Yeah, I've always always had a good time down there, and I don't want to drink Budweiser because obviously St. Louis, right? Uh-huh. And Anheuser Busch is right there. Go do the tour if you're ever there because it's fascinating. Yeah, but then go and find yourself some O'Fallon or Four Hands or there's good craft around oh, yeah. St. Louis. Perennial. That's another one that's oh, down yeah. there. That's amazing. You just have to find it. So um, I, so O'Fallon, as far as I know, we don't get a Nebraska. We do not. So I don't know how we get an O'Fallon made beer for a different brewery in Nebraska. Because I got this in Nebraska. Where'd you buy it at? I got it at Hy-Vee. No kidding. They had the wheat version that you saw on the website. And then they had this one. I'm wondering if O'Fallon doesn't um, have their hands in the distribution for well-being. I don't know, because um, they must not, 
but it's weird that it's right on the label because O'Fallon, if we go to Iowa, we can get it. We mm. can get the, they have a amazing beer called Weech, which is a peach wheat. It's my Ooh. sister's favorite beer. It's amazing in the summer. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you like Blue Moon, Boule- like Boulevard Wheat, that sort of thing. Yep. It's like that, but up a level. Oh, so cool. there's a state thing, right? Is there a state thing? Because Hy-Vee is an Iowa company. It's more about taxes. Mm-hmm. Ah. And it's more about who do they want to pay those taxes. Gotcha. We have some of the highest import taxes in all the United States, mm. Nebraska does, mm. for importing craft beer. So that's more of the distribution issues that we come across is that those it's just not worth it financially for those people to bring those in. Mm-hmm. Now, if you sneak across the river and you do a little Smokey and the Bandit mm-hmm. and you bring it back over, <laughs> that's one way to get past those loopholes I've heard. I feel like a lot of people do that for the 4th of July, too. Possibly yeah, for, for other stuff. So Maybe. back back in the day when I was all about ciders, the yeah. only place you could outside of like high V's, high V's would carry woodchuck, and uh-huh. like everybody's familiar with that. Yeah, um, this was even before Angry Orchard. Yeah, so before Sam Adams bought Angry Orchard or bought Hardcore and turned it into Angry Orchard, yeah. you could go across the river and you could buy uh, Strongbow and Hardcore and yeah. like there were a whole list of ciders. Yeah, there's a lot of like Irish ciders too. I think yes. actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, one Magners. Yeah, Magners. Magners yeah. is the that's the yeah. pear. That, oh, that's their big so, flavor. They do an apple one too. Yeah, and that's they do uh, four. Uh, for for Fourth uh, of July for uh, St. Patrick's Day, they do one together with like it's like was it the snake bite? Yeah, that, that right? sounds with right. Guinness, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we, Magners uh, and Guinness. We uh, we had dinner with um, the in laws at Brazenhead last weekend, hmm. and um, I think I had something like that. It was like Guinness and a and a cider mixed together. Mixed together. Yeah. It was snake bite. It was really weird, mm-hmm. but I get it again. It works. Yeah. So what do you what do you got on the smell on this? This thing? is this is interesting. It smells hoppy. It it does, like it smells like hot pellets. Yeah, like if you've been to a brewery, like what does it smell like when you go in the back? I don't know. It kind of smells like a a music venue's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's not great. I think you're smelling the uh, urinal mm. puck. When it, that. Oh, chase that. That's it's mm. not what you think. Different than what I expected. It doesn't taste like an amber. No. I don't know how to describe that. It's um, It tastes hoppy without being bitter right? to me. Yeah. It has a sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. There's almost kind of a muted something at the end. There's almost like um, acidic something to it, too. I don't know. Mm. Like when you put metal in your mouth mm. and you have that tingly. Kind of. I'd be very happy if... Because you do get to that point, maybe when, if, if, if for those of us that do drink alcohol, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you get to that point in the night where like, okay, that's in it. I've had enough, uh-huh. but it's not quite time to go yet. Yeah. And I don't want to just drink water. Uh-huh. Then there you go. You know what? This one to me almost comes over the crest of the roller coaster farther than this one did. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's the bitterness of the Boulevard one. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit less in, in the flavor profile. A little mm-hmm. less malty, obviously, because it's a lot lighter in color yep. than those other two. Sam, my wife, if you're listening, if I'm ever too drunk, just start handing me these. True. Yeah, I'll never know the difference. You wouldn't know the difference. You no. I think yeah. that's the point. Mm-hmm. To yeah. give you an option of tastes like craft beer, it looks like craft beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the same experience, except you don't have the after effects mm-hmm. issues. You know? Except you could drive home. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. This was—I thought this was fascinating. I know you're going to get into a little bit of how they make yes. non-alcoholic beer. Um, they've taken it a step further. They have one called Victory Wheat. Do you see this? Uh huh. Victory Wheat actually—it's a non-alcoholic beer made by by these guys by Wellbeing, uh-huh. but they incorporate electrolytes. Mm. More electrolytes per twelve ounces than Gatorade. Wow! <laughs> so that one was sold out on their website, by the way. Uh, wow! Could you imagine that? Like, not that I would ever run a marathon. Maybe you go, you do one of those yeah. tough mutters, or you know, yeah. something like that, or just a brisk walk, and, and they just hand you a beer halfway through, and then afterwards you're like, <laughs> and they had a whole paragraph about how many electrolytes you lose when you do something mm-hmm. or this or whatever, and then your body loses this, and you need to replace it, and. This has more than a Gatorade. I think it's interesting. I saw on their website today that they had they have a stout, like an oatmeal stout. Mm. That's their seasonal right now. 
They have an IPA that has lactose in it. For a four pack, it was ten ninety nine. Oh, which is the same price as what you're paying for wow. whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you're somebody like me who just has a beer in their hand, mm-hmm. you know, like that's a great way to go. You want to see something funny? Some I sent it to you this morning. Yeah, go watch great. the video on their website about the guy going to the music festival and the cop uh-huh. pulls him over. Yeah, that was pretty good. And he's just he's just drink he's just hammering <laughs> like the beer. How many beers have you had? He's like he's drinking in front of the cop. He's like <laughs> six, six, five or six. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. You hit the nail on the head too at the very uh-huh. end. Let me see your gun. I yep. want to shoot in the air. I want to shoot stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. It's a good commercial. It was funny for sure. But yeah, well-being. I was I was pretty even with the taste of it. Like I like the idea of it, but the taste of it backs it up for me. Mm-hmm. It's just a different flavor, it's, but it's definitely like I said, I I would never know if if somebody gave me to that draft and was like, "Dude, you should try this amber. It's really good." Like, "Oh, yeah." I'd drink it and be like, "Oh, yeah, it's great." Mm-hmm. You know, I would never guess that it isn't an NA beer. Nope. The only the only thing that I I take from this one, really. Mhm is at the beginning, at the front, I get, like, not a hot burn, but I get, like, major hop flavor. Mm-hmm. Like, it tastes like hot pellet smell when you put them in your hand and smell mm-hmm. them. That's what it tastes like. So I would be interested to try some of their other stuff and see what that is. I would, too. Like, the stout and mm-hmm. the IPA yeah. and, like, just to see what that comes across as. Mm-hmm. Because these are supposed to be, an amber is supposed to be hoppy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it... They make this, so let's get into it a little bit. Yeah, how do they How do they take the alcohol out of... There's three different ways. Okay. So here's the first thing. Um, do you know what the alcohol percentage has to be to be considered in a... Because it's not strictly zero. I would say like less than 1%. 0.5. 0.5%. Oh. And it has been that way since 1919, since Prohibition. Okay. And yeah. it's stuck. And they've never changed it. Well, why would they? I don't, I don't know. Right? But that's how it's been, right? Mm. So basically what would happen during those times, and the reason that the big breweries are still around is because they survived prohibition. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways they survived was by making what they called near beer, mm-hmm. which was 0.5% beer. Okay. And they sold that all through prohibition. And you could get it even prescribed to you. They had like spirits, like whiskey was being prescribed during that time. Mm. So you could get it prescribed to you and that sort of stuff. Um, that's one of the theories as to why people are so enamored with like, Bud Light and Miller Light and Coors Light, okay. like why America loves it so much right. and why it's not popular in, in Europe is because basically we were drinking watered down beer for 10 years, 14 years of prohibition, right? Right. So we had the beer, but then they took all the flavor out of it. Hmm. And we were like, okay, we'll drink this. And then when we started making beer again, that's basically, they just did the same thing and it tasted the same ish. Hmm. And they're like, okay, well this is watered down and flavorless. Great. We love it. This we what we've been, you know, growing up on. And Europe never had that issue. And that's why they don't they're not a big Bud Light, Amer- you know, like that sort of stuff. That Light loggers, that's sense. not a thing. That makes a lot of sense. So here's how you make NA beers. I had to write this down cuz it's a lot of science and stuff. Um, you basically make a beer the same as you make a beer. You do the whole process the same way. Okay? Except at the very end, right before you bottle it basically. You take that batch, and there's three ways to do it, but this is the most popular way. You take that batch of beer, and you heat it up to 173 because that's the boiling temperature for alcohol. Okay. And you basically boil it off, and you keep taking gravity measurements until you get to that 0.5%, and then you kick off the heat, and then you do the rest of it the same way. Bottle it. Scan it. So the yeast and the sugar and all that business still, it. it does all the thing. You've killed it. You've made a beer, uh-huh. you heated it up, you killed the alcohol, and you left whatever was left, oh, except for 0.5%. Sure. That's the magic number. It's okay. just arbitrary, right. right? So I was reading into a little bit just right now, um, like kombucha, when you mm-hmm. when you look at the, it, it always says some contains less than 1% of alcohol sure. or mm-hmm. whatever on the bottle. Um, and so I'd always wondered like why children can buy kombucha, but but you have to provide an ID to get yeah. your non-alcoholic. Basically, all it says is is just because they don't want to promote beer to children. I thought that was a pretty interesting yeah. fact. Yeah. Makes it makes sense, sense to me. Yeah. And then, and like, I don't know, kombucha, is it brewed? It's a fermented, right? It's fermented. It's fermented. Yeah. So this yeah. is brewed, which um, is a different, another yeah. different mm-hmm. thing. Okay, so you could, yeah. So that's the main way that, like, 
Sharps, I think, is Miller's. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, well, I don't remember what Bud Lights is right now off the top of my head. O'Doul's. Uh, O'Doul's. Michelob has one. Mm-hmm. Like Coors N.A. All the big ones have one. Mm-hmm. And that's how they do it. They make a big batch. They heat it up. They kill all the alcohol. What's left, they, they sell it to you. Hmm. That's not the greatest way because it doesn't. It, there's no flavor. There's, all that stuff is gone, right? Mm, yep. So the second way, and this is what more craft places are probably doing, is they call it vacuum distilling. And that is like a huge vacuum, basically, system. Okay. And it, it goes into your brewing stuff, and it lowers the boiling temperature down to 120 of alcohol. Okay. So it affects that, and it doesn't affect the flavor and the other stuff you're adding, the malts and, and the, all that stuff. It doesn't affect it as much as it does when it's 173 degrees. Mm-hmm. So you're getting more of what was originally intended in the beer. You're getting more flavor, but you're still getting only 0.5% at the end. It, it's a longer process, though, I would It assume? takes a little bit longer. Okay. Um, and the, the machinery basically around it is expensive. Now, there's also one they said that there's even a bigger version of this vacuum thing, and it basically takes it out at tw- like almost it was like 40 degrees, like mm. all you had to get it warm to, and then it would get rid of the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like the best way to make for flavor and stuff, but right. it's so expensive, like nobody can do big batches with it. Oh, it's like probably like a home brewer almost would have something like this. Mm. Is how I was reading it on the internet. Okay. Now the other one, this one seems to be the worst one for me as far as time goes. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, reverse osmosis. Oh geez. So they make a beer, then they get a filter. Got a very small. The pores on it are super small. Right. So the only thing that can come through is alcohol and water. So you're straining out all the other ingredients of beer. Let's say it stays on the left side. Mm-hmm. The beer passes through on the right side. Okay. Well, then they take that liquid, the water and the alcohol, and they dis- they reverse distill it. So they suck out the alcohol, mm-hmm. and what's left is the water, and that's in the far right tank, let's say. Mm-hmm. Then they take that water, and they go put it back in the left side where all the stuff was left on the filter, and then they mix it all up, and then they finish their fermentation, and that's how you do it that way. That seems like a very long process. It does, but it's probably the best way, and I don't know if that's the way these guys do it, but that seems to be the way to get the most flavor with the, out the alcohol. You don't have to heat up anything. That's the first thing I thought was, okay, so on, on the left side, here you got all the flavor. Uh-huh. You're just pulling water and, and alcohol out. Yes. Getting rid of the alcohol, putting the water back in. Yeah. You got, most, you got all your flavors saved. Yeah. Now, how that reintegrates with the water, I don't know. Because, mm. you know, it's been there, and then you've kind of, I don't know if you would say diluted, but you've taken it out. You've taken it, yeah. And then you've strained out the alcohol, and you've got probably a little bit of flavor characteristics in the water. Mm-hmm. You put it back in there. So I don't know, like, the science yeah. of all that, but mm. that's those are the three ways that are commonly done. But the most common way is they just turn the burner up and crank it to 173 and let it sit there until Boil it's Boil it done. out. Yeah. yeah that so sense. that's how you do it. Hmm. Which I never of, knew. A lot of chemistry. That's a lot of chemistry. A lot of chemistry. That's why my notes are very limited. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to read this real quick here. Uh, let's see. does not say anything on there as far as how they do it. I'd, I'd really like to. And so we've never done the tour at O'Fallon. Yeah. And one of these, it's coming up here. We're going to go to St. Louis again for a meet and greet. Yeah. I almost wonder if we could try to schedule that and, and see how that's done. Maybe. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be an interesting, interesting. tour. So I was reading on their website, they have, like most websites do, they have like testimonials on their websites. Mm -hmm. And this one was very, a lot of glowing reviews on it for the same reason that the guy makes these beers. Like, hey, I quit drinking. I can't do alcohol. This lets me, you know, go out and do stuff with my friends or I have it at home because you can order this off their website and they'll like deliver it to your house somehow. Well, It'd be like anything. Like you, you can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can. Yeah. There's no restrictions, right? Necessarily. So, uh, one of the ones that I saw um, basically said, "Oh, what was it? it was like um, these are better for you than just drinking a pop yeah. or a soda because yeah. it's eight. It's got 80 calories. So even like the lowest IBU session IPA is going to have 80 to 100 calories probably. Hmm. So you've got less calories than a soda or a seltzer water or whatever, but you have the you know most of the flavor of a beer so i don't you know i don't i don't see anything wrong with these that was surprising i was kind of surprised too mm-hmm. it had more flavor than i thought it would hmm. is it on untapped it is i would, on I would say i bet yeah. it would be it's a it's a smaller sample size 916 check-ins yeah on untapped what do you think 
And it looks like it's across the board, very deliberate. People, if you're coming to this, you're, you're coming to this for a reason. Well, I right? mean, that's why I bought it. Hmm. Yep. I don't know. I think it's probably going to be high. I think it's going to be like 3.71. Yeah, when you think when you think like this is a non-alcoholic amber, uh-huh. yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it, it's good for what it is for being yeah. non-alcoholic or whatever that that uh, stereotype brings. Um, yeah, I, I would go with you like three eight, three seven. You'd be surprised. There's three two five. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But. Yeah. But the sample size is so small. The sample size is way too small. And I almost wonder if it's just, it's too early. Yeah. It might be. Maybe. Might be. It's just, it's too soon. Now, like Dolan said, I, I would gladly mix this in mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would definitely oh, be yeah. good like every other mm-hmm. one situation or sure. something. It would be like a great um, Vegas, like TravCon, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, when you just when you just need to not drink another beer. Well, and and I, but I've, you want to, but you want exactly. to exactly. Well, that and I've found myself in a lot of um, situations with travelers who don't drink at all, and right. Sometimes they feel left out because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this would this would just be a great alternative to you know to that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with all that stuff. I, I as somebody who's done this for Lint a few times. Especially people that know me, you know, like, why aren't you drinking? And you don't have to explain it a hundred thousand times. Right. If you got this in your hand, you're mm-hmm. at least off the hook for that. Right. Right. And quite honestly, it looks like we pour it in a glass. Yep. You'd never know. I mean, look at it. It's got head retention. You never know. You know? So you it's never, like, ever know. That it has lacing, as you mm-hmm. call it, yeah. all the way down. It's like a beer. Yep. It has more than more than maybe a usual beer. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised. I I'm I would definitely try that again. Yeah. Last bit of uh Research I did. Mm-hmm. Leprechaun movies. <laughs> the scary one? Of course. <laughs> we know about Leprechaun, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Because of Warwick Davis. Of course. Star of? Star Wars. Willow. Willow. Basically anything that had a small person. It had a little it. person in yeah. it. It was in the 80s, 90s. It yes, was Warwick Davis. It was him. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to go over a few of the uh, movies, because there's a lot of them. Okay. And I wanted to know, you know, if you've ever seen, have you seen the Leprechaun movies? Oh, yes. They're on. St. Patrick's Day on Sci-Fi every day, mm-hmm. all day long. Mm-hmm. I've never been able to get through it. He's too scared. I got mm-hmm. it. I got it. True. So the first one um, has my favorite in it, Jennifer Aniston. For real? No. She's in the first Leprechaun, yeah. 1993. That's interesting. And the plot of this movie is ridiculous. So basically, he gets basically he gets his gold stolen. Well, right? sure. And he, the guy that steals it lives in North Dakota for some reason. Well. And the Leprechaun follows him back there. And some stuff goes down, mm. and he kills a leprechaun. He, he thinks, kills. Yeah. Spoiler alert! But then he comes back. Oh, <laughs> oh. And then Leprechaun Two. Mm-hmm. Boy, they said ninety three. That was a you know that did great. Uh, let's do another one. Leprechaun Two. He's in Los Angeles. Well, of course he is. He's looking for a bride. He needs a wife. Get no. Because his original wife got killed <laughs> thousand years ago. So somehow magically he finds a relative of his long lost wife living in L.A. And he wants to marry her. Was she a leprechaun too? Nope. Okay. Nope. And the leprechaun gets killed. Again. Yeah. And then that and then he comes back. Mm. Uh, leprechaun three. That was like, you know what? Third time's a charm, ninety-five. Mm-hmm. Um this time he was I don't know if the stories are all aligned. There's only an anology or an, what's the term I'm trying to say? Anthology? Anthology. Mm-hmm. This one, uh he's a statue. He was turned into a statue with magic, and he's in a Las Vegas pawn shop, and what? somebody buys him. Pawn stars? Gold he has silver? like a uh, <laughs> medallion on his neck, and the the guy that's working at the pawn shop takes the medallion off, and it wakes up the leprechaun, oh. and he kills the guy, takes the thing, and it takes off and makes a big rampage throughout town. Chumley right? stole the... Chumley stole the artifact, mm-hmm. and that's what happened. Yeah. So, that sounds about um, right. There's a flamethrower involved with that one. And he catches a leprechaun on fire. Is. Now, here's, here's where it gets great. Oh, no. 97. They took a year off to come up with a better story. <laughs> leprechaun 4, in space. <laughs> uh, he basically kidnaps an alien princess and says, hey, you know what? I have all this money. I have this gold. Come with me. Be my wife. And he basically kidnaps her. And then 
They stole his gold again. Blah, blah, blah. She comes to Earth. There's a big thing. Um, he gets turned giant because there's like some space ray that makes him super tall instead oh, of a little. Oh, my gosh. And that's all I have to say about that one. Point of order. How did the leprechaun get in space in the first place? I don't know. I haven't seen that one. Because uh, uh, Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. Jason X, which Jason 10, yeah. at least they explained how Jason got into space. Well, here's what it says. Um, after being turned into a giant via an enlargement ray, <laughs> the leprechaun is ejected into space by the survivors of the massacre. <laughs> so they just shoot him in on a rocket. Up to space. Of course they did. Well, that didn't stick. Three years later, guess where he's at? Mm. He's in the hood. <laughs> Leprechaun in the hood. 2000, set in Compton, California. <laughs> I've seen this one. You know who's in this movie? I, Ice-T. Ice Cube? Ice-T. Ice-T is, is in this one. He is a, he's a uh, procurer of women of the night. Ah. He's a pimp. It's hard out there. It is for a pimp. Yep. And especially one named <laughs> Mac Daddy Onassis. <laughs> That is Ice T's name. His name is Mac Daddy Onassis. Onassis. Right, as you as as you will. <laughs> like, um, man, where did T's career go for a while? <laughs> Come on, it's got to start somewhere. Man, uh, the Leprechaun. He he has this uh, magic flute that uh, wasn't in any other movies. Most don't most Leprechauns. Right, and it basically can control your mind. So he finds this out, the Mac Daddy does, okay, and he steals it, and he uh, uses it to become a very famous hip-hop producer. Uh, okay. Well, the Leprechaun, he turns into a person now. Okay. And he basically becomes a gangster and tries to rob Mac Daddy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Leprechaun becomes a person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he has, to steal, he has to steal the flute back. Okay. And uh, then, yeah, that's the whole thing. And then in 2003, they're like, that works so good. Let's go back to the hood. <laughs> so that's what they did. Um, trying to get the goal back again. Except this time he gets dragged underground. So he's going, he's going to hell. It's like Freddy or Jason goes to hell. Isn't that uh, one of the ones? Yes, yes. So they did basically that. Some more time traveling happens. Now they're in the 1700s. Um, all that sort of stuff. This one's very has a lot of religious overtones to it. You know, as you will. Sure. And then they start over, 2014. Oh, no. Leprechaun Origins. Oh, man. And then that one worked so great, they'd made another one, 2018. Okay. So here's what I know about Leprechaun. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Where did they release these Leprechaun movies? The first one was in the theater. Sure. The rest of them, as far as I can tell, straight to DVD. Okay. Mm, or streaming services. Or VHS in some cases. So there was some talk around it. Uh, they want to make another one. They want to re-redo it. No, this is a terrible idea. And apparently there is a guy that is has a leprechaun theme that's a wrestler, and he was in these movies. Uh, a hornswoggle? Hornswoggle. Yeah. There you go. He he was in these. <laughs> 2014, 2018. He's the guy. He's the leprechaun? Because Warwick Davis wouldn't do it anymore. Mm. Because he had a son. Well, he's getting old, too. He had a son, and his son was scared of, of scary mm. movies. And he said, okay, well, I will not make any horror movies while you're a kid. Okay. And he said, once you turn 18, come talk to me, and I'll come back and do the leprechaun movies sure. again. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. That's what I know that I printed off the internet about the leprechaun movies. Because I've seen Horn a couple. Swaggle, huh? Oh, man. You're, you're familiar with Hornswoggle, yes? Oh, I'm in Finley. Yeah. Finley was one of my favorites. And Finley likes to fight. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, uh, mm-hmm. he had the Irish, um, it was, he was all Irish. He was, he was Seamus before Seamus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had his, he had the shillelagh. Yeah. He would hit yeah. people with the shillelagh. And then Hornswoggle would come out from the bottom of the ring and mm-hmm. be like, oh boy. it was kind of like, um, the clowns, Dinky and, was it Dinky? Who who the the WWF clowns? Uh, uh, well, Doink the clown. Doink and, oh and then Dink was Dink the, the the little clown. It, they had kind of the same thing going, except yep. clowns. It was it was Irish. It was Irish. Yeah, it's unfortunate they just couldn't come up with new ideas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, check out the first Leprechaun if you can, because it's mm. great to see pre-fame Jennifer Aniston in there. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like when Courtney Cox was in the Bruce Springsteen video. Was it R-rated? Oh yeah. Was it R-rated for that reason? It's R-rated just because it's horror. Uh, okay. And, and gore. Gotcha. Mm. 
So yeah, they made a lot of those movies. Okay. Seven or eight. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I can do scary movies, but I can't do gore. I just yeah. I can't do mm, the gore saw. part of it. You nope. like the saw? No, I can't even. No, hostile. Never, oh, no. never even. Mm. Mm. No, I'm with you. No, thank you. I, I like the scary movies that are that are kind. Of, you know, that's why the movie The Strangers is such a mm-hmm. good one for me mm-hmm. because I feel like if I was in that situation, I would win. You know, but mm. if I was in a situation where it's a leprechaun trying to kill me. What do you do? Mm. You hit it with a shillelagh. I guess, yeah. <laughs> or you get a metal trident and you stick through them because that's what they did in Leprechaun 2. Or you blow mm. him with a flamethrower in like yeah. Leprechaun 3. Yeah. Don't steal his gold in the first but he, place. But he comes back. He, he comes back. back. He does. He does. Back. The strangers you know? came back till 2. And that's, yeah, but they were we, different don't, strangers. we don't talk about that. Right. Right. I don't think Dolan would survive the strangers, quite honestly. Well, That's just between you and I. There's only one way to find out. I don't know. We Let's, could we, we could stranger him. Well, we could, or we could just discuss it with another. I just beer. don't understand why they only had the shotgun for one scene. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know either. I yeah. don't. Think, I don't think we're gonna dissect. Uh, no, that's a no. that's a streaming episode. Yeah, but yeah, leprechauns. So we went from traditional Irish ale to red ale to Irish red. Well, yeah, I mean American style Irish red. Yeah. American style Irish red. To, to non-alcoholic amber. Yeah, as close as I could get. Yeah, there you go. If you're at a uh, at a St. Patrick's Day party and and you want to uh, you want to mix in a couple and you're not drinking water, mm-hmm. look up Old Wellbeing out of St. Louis. Yeah, it's hmm. an interesting. Or if you're in Denver, do the St. Patty's crawl with us. Mm. We're we're gonna be down there. So That's wear green true. and let's do it. Green beers. I agree. Oh, green beers. Sounds good. You ready for some green beers and some uh, yeah. corned beef and cabbage? As long as it stays inside me. <laughs> <laughs> Mix in some of the N.A. and I think you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. All right. We're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another beer. Don't steal the gold. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing. <laughs>